Lieutenant General Frank E. Peterson, it's just not going to be that way. Lieutenant General Frank E. Peterson came into the Marine Corps in 1952. He was not the Marine Corps' first black officer, but he did not miss that distinction by much. The first black officer, Frederick Branch, had been commissioned only six years earlier. Peterson, however, was the Marine Corps' first black aviator and its first squadron, group, and wing commander. He was also the first Marine African-American general officer. He retired in 1988 as a lieutenant general in command of the Marine Corps Combat Development Command. In his career, he flew 350 combat missions in two different wars. He was an astute aviation tactician and inspirational leader. When he entered the Marine Corps in 1952, segregation was still legal in America. He entered a Marine Corps that discriminated by policy against blacks and other minorities. He served amongst many Marines who believed that blacks should not be in their corps. In a 1972 oral history interview, then-Lieutenant Colonel Peterson describes a racial incident that occurred in 1953 at the El Toro Marine Corps Air Station. Then he describes joining VMF-212, a Marine Corps flying squadron performing combat missions in the Korean War. individual 
fashion, so to speak. Uh, <coughs> you know, the squadron is about 25 pilots or so and other officers, and it doesn't take long for word to spread who you are and so forth. And uh, uh, most of the guys were pretty straight shooters. I found some of my best supporters were a fellow by the name of Clark from Atlanta, Georgia, an example. He was in my squadron in Korea, Bill Clark. And uh, several others who uh, just made damn sure that there would be no problems when it was going on liberty in Japan. I'll never forget the first time we went and uh, on R&R. &R, and, uh, you know, I was, what, 20, I guess. No, I was 21. And I was commissioned when I was 20. And uh, they weren't going to let me in this uh, uh, officer's uh, club, you know. And uh, they just flat laid the rule down that if he doesn't come in, we're going to tear this place apart. And these were reserve officers, captains and majors, who were in for their second time around. And uh, they'd seen the ropes and so forth. And most of them were from the South. And they just said, no, it's just not going to be that way. For General Peterson to succeed in this environment required confidence, forgiveness, and a thick hide. But most importantly, it required Peterson to be tactically astute and a competent leader. Although he was a pioneer for racial equality and fairness, he, more than anything else, was a skilled fighter pilot and leader of Marines. Because of these qualities, in a merit-based organization, he won the respect and support of Marines of all shades and ranks. Through his career, he witnessed the Marine Corps advance in racial equality through Marine Corps policy, command focus, and training. Peterson was the Marine Corps' standard bearer for racial justice and equality. He was a role model for younger black Marines by his exemplary service and overcame preconceived notions about race. This raises the question for today's Marines. How does a command ensure that promotions and job assignments are truly merit-based and not a factor of personal preference, preconceived notions, or stereotyping? With constant social pressure on the Marine Corps to be more inclusive, how should leadership training be adjusted to promote the smooth integration of Marines of varying beliefs and lifestyles to ensure that units are still combat ready? For additional information on Lieutenant General Peterson and or race relations in the Marine Corps, please read into the Tiger's Jaw, America's First Black Marine Aviator by Frank E. Peterson, Jr. Blacks in the Marine Corps by Henry I. Shaw and Ralph Donnelly. Pathbreakers by Fred Allison and Colonel Curtis Wheeler. And Pride, Progress, and Prospects by Colonel Alphonse G. Davis.